Thank you so much for joining us on Twitch, the ESPN app on YouTube, and on Twitter. I'm Arda, he's Lawler, and we got Rams with us as well, coach of top blokes. Uh, Gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us. Lawler, I know. I I should probably do that again. Should I just like start all over again? You know I mean, what? Top Rewind. Brooks is. I mean, Top Brooks top, is associated Brooks pretty well because they be like they definitely need to be picked up. Someone needs to pick up those boys because they're way too <laughs> Actually, good. Actually, to, to be honest with you, that's almost like a Freudian slip because you should yeah. be signed by a major org. So yeah, Top Agreed. Brooks until you get signed. <laughs> no, I'm never saying that again. Top Brooks people. Okay, <laughs> let's 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 just erase that from memory. But uh, how are you, Rams? Thanks for joining us. Yeah, it's a pleasure. I'm doing great. How are you doing today? We're great. Uh, we love doing this show. Uh, it's been a few weeks, and we love having coaches like you on. And actually, chat loves having special guests on because they get to ask questions. And we're actually going to change the format a little bit of the show. You have been asking this, so this is what we're going to do. You can ask Rams questions all throughout the show. We're not going to make a specified time at the end. If you have a question for Rams... Throw it into Twitch chat. Myself or even Lawler will find it. We will ask it. We will even wait for the middle of a segment. Doesn't matter. We'll just get your questions in because I know that you have a lot. We had a lot the last time we had coaches on the show, Lawler, as you know. So we're going to think, you know what? Let chat dictate the show a little bit. They enjoy being here. They enjoy having a little bit of power. So we're going to give it to them. My first question to chat is, should top blokes be signed by a major organization? Can you sign? Can you give us any indication about that, Rams? Has there been conversations? Have major orgs been talking with you? Have reached out? Can you? What can you share about that? Let me try and be a little bit careful. Um, yeah, so we've had talks with a various number of orgs. Uh, the big thing that's kind of happened since the change in format and obviously COVID is the hesitancy of like these big orgs coming in. So it's kind of a bit like a. There are some orgs like you've seen Team Liquid come in and like really pick up a a, a team, a team. Um, but we're having other orgs that are a bit like hesitant to do so, and so as a result, it's kind of skewing. Some maybe they're trying to come in for a team and not that it's not within the budget for like a top four team, which is what we kind of classify ourselves as. So there's a bit of discrepancy here, but I think we might not be a million miles away. Is what I'm saying. That sounds encouraging, Lala, right? Finally, so, uh, it's a very BS answer, Rams. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very PC friendly. I'm not going to give you any information answer, and I'm I respect it, but I know that you and I both know there's more to that, so we're just going to leave it. So uh, <laughs> I can read between the lines, and I'm sure people in chat can too. Which um, I I look forward to your guys's future endeavors, whatever they may be. Okay, so Lawler, will we look forward to this future announcement in a week, two weeks, three weeks? Uh, do the colors red appear in the logo? Maybe a little bit of gold or blue? What are you thinking? Uh, if you want, I can roll some dice, see what comes up, and mm. you know, figure you know, RNG it. But no, we're gonna we're gonna let the announcement come out naturally, hopefully, and nobody leaks mm. it. If it is going to happen in the first place, we okay. don't know. Remember. We don't know That's if right. there's a, an org or not. They've just been in talks. So Okay. Well, what I will say is that is very encouraging because every single week, Rams, on this show, that is every time Top Blokes gets mentioned on the show, <laughs> that is the first thing I say is, hey, clock's ticking here, okay? What else does Archie and company have to do here in order to get a big fat check? <laughs> so, true. Good. Glad, glad to hear it. Uh, speaking of big fat check, I'm sure that everyone in Psionics is extremely happy with the last <laughs> week of Rocket League uh, and the numbers that have been produced for free-to-play. Lawler, let's start with you on this one, man. I mean, you've been banging this drum for so long, okay? You are one of the OGs of this community, and now you're finally seeing this new chapter start. And then you see 1.8 million players peak this past week. And you see what happened around Llama Rama. And you see the engagement. And even the viewership on Twitch. Like you saw a bump. I, I kept checking the numbers and I was impressed at how much more people were watching Rocket League. Even just streamers as a result of it going free to play. So I want to hear from you and your impressions on the last week and how it's unfolded. Yeah, this has been the most requested feature uh, from content creators, OGs, new people. Anybody who has been playing this game for a while has probably been the most requested. And the reason why it hasn't really happened is because the sales still do very well on Steam. The Epic acquisition came with the 
the thought process of this could be a division for Epic Games to have. Obviously, they're fun marketing, you know, game in Fortnite, but then still have their competitive esport. But with the addition of the Intel Extreme Open that was supposed to happen with the world, the uh, the Olympics and everything else, we thought it was going to be perfect timing ultimately for free to play to happen as well as showcase it to hundreds of thousands of people. Uh, obviously, COVID kind of put a dent in that, but usually when an organization or a developer or whatever acquires another company, it does take some time for things to kind of get the ball rolling. So we assumed it was only a matter of time. It was just a matter of when. So it was good to see that, yes, Epic has kind of finally put their touches on Rocket League, and you're seeing already an immediate benefit. Obviously, there's some frustrations with things going on, and there is some bugs to work out, but that is going to happen anytime you make major changes to a game that's already been pre-existing. Um, I personally never thought we were going to see the numbers that we did. Um, the fact that, and I think the big one that came out was from CJ, who is a DreamHack admin and, and a guy who's been in the community for a really long time, uh, showed that concurrent numbers were exceeding Counter-Strike at the highest amount. And obviously there's arguments for cross-platform and all that kind of stuff, but still, I never thought in my lifetime that I would see Rocket League hit the numbers to that level in an FPS title that is in ties with the number one FPS on PC. So that kind of moment was very shocking, but also really exciting. And you're already seeing the way that Epic is taking that marketing to Rocket League. The fact that Fortnite players have to play Rocket League in order to get their items, I think is a really good way of making this kind of cross-pollination. And hopefully that's enough for people to be like, okay, I have to play in this to get the things I want in Fortnite. But this game's actually really fun. Let me keep playing it. And those little things, I hope, continue. The fact that it's literally been within one week and we're already seeing this kind of stuff. Um, obviously, there's that initial hype to it. And I hope it continues after the fact that, you know, things are going to drop a little bit. I don't think it's going to sustain at almost 2 million. But the fact that we are getting a little bit of that bump and it may settle still, you know, 200, 300% higher than what it's been, I think is really exciting. It can lead to a lot of really exciting things. Plus who knows what Epic is going to do next when it comes to how they market the game. And it's not just Fortnite-specific. It's how do we bring in stuff like Marvel? How do we bring in you know the big acquisitions that we've seen them do in the past for Fortnite specifically? Because I think when you have cars and things like that, you can do some really cool stuff. And I can almost guarantee Epic has got the wheels turning about how they can take advantage. What uh, do you want the first concert to be in Rocket League? I mean, what I want is what very minimal want. <laughs> so I'm just I'm kidding, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> I think they do that very well in Fortnite, by the way. Oh, I want to be very it's clear. I think so it's smart. Ab- it's a home run every time they do it. I think it's one of the smartest things they do. I'm just kidding, obviously. Uh, Rams, let's look at the esports side of it. Like, tell me what you. Th- I mean, we always talk about how Rocket League is always on this like mythical precipice of being a tier one esport even though most people believe it already is it's kind of like a worst kept secret in esports right for many people and like the olympics and the intel uh event etc etc but for you to play specifically like what you saw in the past week like what are you envisioning in terms of even in europe just the future of what esport or how this will impact esports moving forward yeah it adds like a lot of publicity to the game obviously with a, a crazy number of players coming into it uh, and able to access the game in, in a way that they hadn't been able to do before by by going free to play. So with that, you get more players. More players click on that little live button in the game, and they see, oh, look at all of these crazy flips and aerials, and look at this. This guy's pinched the ball from one side of the pitch, and it's flown into the top corner. That's cool. Let me keep watching this. Oh, that that guy was on the top blokes team. Let me follow them. Oh, let me go to Twitter, and it kind of like builds up everything around that. So it's it's like definitely a really exciting thing. Hopefully. Um, it like keeps building from here. Like hopefully this isn't just a, a peak and plateau and then dip. But I, I can't see I see the epic acquisition and obviously the way it's progressed now, it's obviously got a bright future and it's really exciting to be a part of RLCS right now, honestly. Lawler P uh, chat's asking about what the peak would have been before free to play. Do we know that number? So on Steam it usually hovers anywhere from like a hundred thirty to hundred and sixty thousand on just Steam. Console is association to roughly 75 to 80%. It's even higher now. It's like 90% now. Um, that's kind of how Fortnite is. It's a very accessible game to kids at a younger age. So whether it be on Switch or otherwise, plus the fact that you don't need an online account or an online service to play on Switch or now PlayStation. Why Xbox still doesn't do it. Microsoft, you greedy 
gritty uh, people, I guess. I don't know. But it's it's definitely massive. Um, I think the largest, and Rams might be able to agree on me on this one, I think the biggest we've seen, like, concurrent was in, like, the five 600,000 area when it was, like, free-to-play on that weekend or whatever it was. It was, I mean, it was almost half a million for, like, concurrent players across all platforms before it was fully free-to-play on every platform and pushed with Fortnite. So, I mean, you're talking, like, a 300% increase minimum. That's crazy. Uh, Rams, we've gotten a couple of questions in chat for you. Right. Uh, obviously, chat is taking this very, very seriously. Uh, Hair Guy asks, are you a fan of the NFL team, the LA Rams? <laughs> Um, I don't really watch NFL, but, uh, if I had a team, it'd probably be them. So yeah, sure. Why not? As long as it's not the Packers. That's all. That's my advice. to you. <laughs> just mad we win all the time. That's all it is. Uh, we actually, uh, we're not doing coaches corner right now, which was a, a show that I really loved doing obviously because the league of legends world championship is going on and that's a show that we do every day now. But, uh, I would ask you, actually, Rams, I would probably have had you as a guest on that show. Let's just do like a mini version, even just a question or two. Like, just take me through your coaching history, man. Like, what, what made you want to get into Rocket League coaching specifically as a role? What, what, what uh, lured you to that role? So the way I got into Rocket League coaching was I went to DreamHack Leipzig in 2018, and I was just there as an admin uh, helping out around the PCs and helping other players. And um, I remember talking to Fireworks, who was the general manager and coach for Evil Geniuses at the time, or just before they'd signed. Great and guy. he was like, you just you just got to get your name out there. You need to talk to people. Like, if, if this is something you want to do, you just need to go talk to it. So um, where I should have probably been doing more admin duties, I was kind of just networking and talking to as many pros and orgs as I could and be like, hey, do you guys have a coach? Is that something you guys have done? Um, and eventually I got to the point where I spoke to Blue, who was on PSG at the time. And I was like, you know, is that something you'd be interested in? He's like, yeah. So I said, okay, tell you what, this evening I'm going to write up some analysis. I'll bring it to you tomorrow before your first match. And if you like it, then uh, maybe things can progress. And uh, they went on to win the event. I'm not claiming any of that, but it's always a nice little caveat of the story. But um, And then after that, I kind of showed the analysis that I gave to Bluey to um, Flame, Tylacto, and Iignite, who were Team Secret at the time. And they really liked it. And as a result... They was like, okay, we'll bring you along. And so that was the first team I ever coached. And then from there, it was kind of just one team to the next team and working and just constantly trying to better my craft. Um, and yeah, it's been, a, it's been a nice one, especially now that it's kind of come full circle and I'm back with Flame again, <laughs> which is great. What is it about coaching that you enjoy? What, what are your favorite facets of it? Uh, obviously not money. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. If there's an announcement to be had, pray tell. Not yet, folks. Anyway, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We can't beat that joke to death on this episode, I promise. That's, that's a good point. That's a good point. I just had to chuck that in there. But um, <laughs> honestly, so I, I used to kind of coach basketball in high school or secondary school because I'm in the UK. Uh, and I really enjoyed that. And I also taught music uh, while I was in school because I'm a drummer. I've drums for like 14 years. So I had those like kind of concepts in my head, like how to approach, you know, a student. And I kind of applied that to, like, I watched a lot of Rocket League esports. I started to absorb things that, you know, great casters like not Lola would say and, like, really start to gain that knowledge. Um, <laughs> and then kind of just apply that and learn how to apply that so that they can listen and really uh, understand and take that on board. And So, yeah, I think it became like a natural thing for me and I was able to develop how I would become a coach. I love all the shade he's throwing, yet he's the coach that's in my chat more than any other. <laughs> I love it. Is he, Good does he, the, what, what kind of uh, chat participant is Rams in your chat? Is he I don't know, he's just some normie, snippy? I don't pay attention to him. I don't know, oh, you yeah. don't, yeah, no, no don't diamond know. for I, him, no. right? That's right, yeah, I got yeah. one though, let's go. <laughs> all right, let's whip around the league, let's talk about what happened this past week. Uh, what we love about uh, providing the show to you is that if you only have an hour or so to watch, because there's so much Rocket League happening and you need a digest, uh, we endeavor to bring that to you. So we just tell you everything that has happened, catch you up uh, so that you can enjoy some Rocket League throughout the week. And Lawler does that great on his channel and his YouTube Thank videos you. as well. So please check them out. The Grid, let's start in North America. Rams, maybe you could take a break for a second if you want to grab a coffee no, or something. No, let's no, no. We can, we, could, we can grill him all day. I'd love to hear <laughs> his analysis on this. specific NA questions. Yeah, we get, to, actually... we, get to, we get to hear the really awesome insight as his caster approach. 
on uh on na with generality generalities and uh trigger <laughs> trigger words that are just can, fantastic can i can i ask you in all seriousness like obviously you have to watch every second of all things europe and prepare your team and everything like how much of an eye are you uh keeping on other regions if at all if if it's necessary for your job even before you even get to a major which will not happen obviously this year <laughs> so um I would probably be paying a lot more close attention if the major that was coming up was the international. I'd probably be like a lot more focused, but I kind of knew that, okay, that's not something I have to focus on too much. I watch a little bit of OCE here and there, or at least I get a catch up or I get a kind of a TLDR from some of the players that are over there. Uh, and I do watch the occasional bit of NA. Uh, I'm, I feel like I'm a bit biased towards the peeps because I kind of feel their pain over there. So uh, I like watching them and I, I'm like, I met Gyro, I think, last year at DreamHack Valencia, so I really like him as a person, so I always follow those. But outside of that, uh, not a great deal, I'll be honest. It's, it's very similar to, like, developers when they're trying to release a title, when it gets to that crunch time. It's the same thing for coaches and everybody else. It's like, you guys obviously, right now, have more Rocket League than you've ever had in your entire career to consume. It's so much for you guys. I can't imagine what the plates are like, but... When it comes to, like, okay, we got a major coming up, you get a little bit less sleep because you're working and focusing on, okay, we've got these matches, these are the teams that are probably going from NA, and you kind of do your prep work going in. Plus, that's all thrown out the window because LAN is a different environment, and you guys got to do scrims anyway while you're there. So, yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. I mean, the same thing happened with us for casters. Is like, obviously, you keep tabs on, like, the RLRS teams that were promoting and stuff like that, but you didn't really, like, hard focus on them until it's like, okay, these are the ones that are promoting in or the ones that are playing in promotion relegation time to really like pay attention and really dive deep into what it is it's just it's almost too much sometimes and i think that's really exciting for anybody who's in chat for the fans anybody at home there is too much rocket league content to consume and that's a good problem to have because then you can really you know be meticulous about okay i really like this team i really want to support this underdog neither of these teams are getting paid for some reason by an organization uh that's the ones i'm going to go with or you know however you want to dissect it you can uh, but that's exciting. You know, in the past, it's like you could watch all the games and still have a decent amount of time to, like, relax. And now you have, like, way too many matches and you can watch your, <laughs> you know, your handful from the one team and then be happy with it. So I think there's a lot of different approaches you can take to the Rocket League scene right now, which is really exciting because before it was just we only had one thing. And now it's just there's there's so much. There's so well, much Rocket League going on. If your one team is version one, you definitely have heard Lawler on commentary during the grid broadcasts. You also yep. saw them defeat NRG in the grid in a series. They got to the playoffs. They had a hard-fought series against the Peeps. The Peeps moved on, but NRG did as well, and they were absolutely dominant from the semifinals on. Two consecutive sweeps, Lawler. Space Station Gaming down 4-0. Kansas City Pioneers, who make a nice finals appearance here, down 4-0 as well. NRG back to their winning ways. They've been dominant the last couple weeks. Uh, they're riding high. Yeah, this uh, this grid was a unique one. Um, obviously, a little bit of bias towards the V1 boys because we cover their broadcast with Supersonic. Shout-outs to Jason. Um but V1 was a team that we knew had a ton of potential and has just been trying to piece things together over the course of this grid process. Um, and it felt like every time they got one step closer, everybody else would also take that step. So they just constantly were running a parallel with all these other teams. And it's just we knew that in order for them to get a better bracket, they had to have one major upset. Because seeding-wise, you get paired in groups of four based upon low and high. And if you're one of those low seeds, you're facing one of the top dogs. So. For them to go to game five, they are now three and thirteen or three and fourteen in game fives. It is rough. They get super close, and this is against any team, whether it be Envy, G two, Energy, you know, Space Station. They go to game five, which is exciting, but then they would fall short. This past week, they won against Rogue in five, and then they beat Energy in five, which was insane. And then they go to the uh, quarterfinals, and they lose in seven. Technically, they have the one game advantage and lose four two to Peeps. Uh, who put up a really good fight, and shout-outs to Gyro, obviously. Ram's talking about how great of a person he is, and, I mean, he's one of the nicest pros that we have, but um, he decided to go a little bit aggressive in their OT and go for a bump play that was super risky that rewarded them for the victory in OT. So, again, version 1 is starting to climb back up, but if you look at the top 4, top 5, it's almost the same people every single time in North America, and there's a couple anomalies here and there. Uh, Kansas City Pioneers with the upset over G2, I think, is probably the biggest surprise out of all of these. Um, but energy is, it's good to see that energy who has been working so diligently to find what Squishy's role is going to be 
it feels like they've figured it out and they look absolutely lethal against any other roster. When they're playing on, uh, good luck beating them. They're very similar to like Space Station's dominance early on in the grid. Uh, but energy definitely looks like a better version now because everybody is just so talented on that roster. So uh, energy is a very, very difficult team to play right now. But the same can be said about anybody who finds themselves in top eight. And this applies to both regions. You're fighting for it. There is no easy match right now at all in the RLCS or the every team is super competitive. So we will uh, continue this conversation in your top five because there's a lot of follow-up questions on where, where NRG lands, for example, in the NA top five. Lawler will get to that in a little bit. When we go across the pond, Rams, let's talk about the grid first. And um, not the best necessarily for top blokes, but uh, some interesting results. And we're starting to see, like, I mean, some familiar faces continuously perform well i mean i look at bds and i think this is a consistent team at least in in, in this grid results uh vitality is constantly in the mix uh why don't we start with your team just just the grid itself uh what do you contribute to maybe not the best result in the in this week's grid uh i think a really obvious one would be uh we subbed out archie for emery for this week so um archie had a bother schoolwork and because it's quite a jam-packed schedule uh and the regional was so like consecutive this week we kind of uh, allowed him to have that day off so that he could focus on schoolwork so that we didn't really have to worry about that later on in the week mm -hmm. so we played of emre who um obviously hasn't really played all that much since he's been subbing for us the the entire season so he kind of came in and just kind of played how he would the best he possibly could and obviously that's not going to fare, fare up against some of the best teams uh, in europe which is what the grid is so um for us, it wasn't necessarily like a disappointing result. Obviously, it doesn't look great in the, as, a, as a statistic, but uh, we still we just kind of went in with no pressure and just wanted to give Emre a run out, basically. Yeah, and that was due, and that was nothing due to. I mean, we were even speculating that last week. Definitely nothing to do with Archie's performance. He's been lights out many times, this, many points of this season. It was just more you wanted Emre to get some reps on the main stage, so to speak. Yeah, something like that. Or, or we made Archie sit out because he was playing too well. Something like that. That, that could work too. You gotta build <laughs> okay. the confidence in the other two, yeah. <laughs> okay, fair enough. All right, make them share. Whichever, whichever, whichever way that you. is. It's like, hey, 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 you're too good. Okay, have a seat. Uh, it's like, what load management is what they would say in the NBA. So like Archie was out due to load management. I guess is is one way we could read it. Uh, how did Emre do? Uh, what 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 is your uh, scouting report on 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 his performance? Uh, has a lot of potential as a player. I think we knew that from the offseason prior to RLCS. Uh, he decided to focus on school instead of actually competing. So we kind of got lucky because otherwise I see him as like a player that would have been on the top 16 RLCS team. Um, like relatively consistency, like kind of that bubble at the 16th, 15th spot. But uh, he definitely showed promise. And I'm sure in the future, if he's able to compete, then he's really going to be up there. So, Lawler, what did you take away from this grid? Um, it was interesting. Uh, some of the results here. Um, I think the biggest one for me was Endpoint. Endpoint's obviously been having their kind of up and downs. Uh, they came in in the offseason originally with the addition of Mets and Aris, and I was like, okay, this team could really do some damage, and then we just didn't see them. So not until we got the grid and RLCSX come in do we get some exposure to them, and they started off hot, were kind of stagnant a little bit, but now it seems like they're competing back a little bit, and there is obviously some circumstances with a ban on a certain player and stuff that have led to some opportunities for them to progress forward, but um endpoint was an interesting to watch because they did have some pretty solid performances obviously jumping ahead into regionals but for the mm -hmm. grid itself um obviously i cover the monkeys um shout outs to them finally getting picked up by galaxy racer now uh organization based out in dubai um they oh. now have three weeks of top eight performances in the grid and they were struggling they tried out arju for taz taz is now over to uh, name seekers so you are seeing their roster switch really benefit them. They've been competitive, able to find themselves in a grand final even against Vitality. So um, you are still seeing the familiar faces, uh, but you are still getting results from the teams that you kind of find in that like 6 to 10 power ranking spot. I'm talking like the Liquids, uh, Guild, and I think uh, Barcelona kind of interchanging for like 5-6 for me a lot. So uh, Guild, also a team that we've been trying to see what result we're going to get, and it's hit and miss, it feels like. Sometimes they look like one of the best teams in Europe, and then other times I'm like, you guys are, what are you doing? Like, it's so confusing to watch them play sometimes. So um, it is good to see that teams are really bouncing back, because EU, to me, is a weird one just in general. 
Uh, their power rankings, quite frankly, suck doing every week because I just look at it and I go, I, <laughs> sure. <laughs> like, it's, uh, it's a tough one. I'm, I'm excited to see uh, what Ram's list is after we get through all this because uh, I'm sure I'll have some follow-up questions for him. Well, let's talk <laughs> about the regional. Uh, this is my transition. In both of them, uh, a team that I just, I, I, I don't have, and I'd love to ask you, Rams, about this. They did make the quarterfinal, but they just continuously underperform, and that's Oxygen. I, I, I don't know what's going on. Like, they seem like a team that should be playing better or having better results than they are. And I'm talking about the entire season. What is going on with this team? Uh, if I knew that, then uh, I think I'd get get the big bucks. But like, uh, they just have they have like a situation where they're just not consistent against uh, the teams that they should be beating. I think that's the biggest thing. So against teams, so you know, like against us, against the Team Liquid, against BDS, Giants, those type of teams, they put up a very very strong fight. Often like coming out on top against uh, like Giants, for example. Um, I think it, they slip up when they play against teams that they've got very little practice against. So maybe it is a case of uh, tournament preparation. Maybe they haven't scrimmed against the teams that are going to be kind of annoying because that's kind of the nature of what it is when you have 32 capable RLCS teams. The bottom end of it are going to play completely different to the top end, and you need to make sure you're able to deal with every style that is being thrown at you in those situations. So maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's a bit of pressure. Maybe, you know, the addition of Astral might change the dynamic of the team a little bit. I'm not sure entirely. Like, that's just speculation on my end. I don't, I'm not starting anything. But, um, yeah, maybe there's a lot of things that can contribute to it. I know they recently just acquired a coach, like a mental coach, which could help them a lot. And they obviously did a lot better this weekend. So maybe they're on an upward trend now. Yeah, to to double down on that, Oxygen, obviously, with the mental coach, I mean, you can almost see an immediate impact. I don't know if it's because of that or not, but... I mean, you're talking of regionals, they always struggle to even make that top 16, and this is the first time they do it, and they go all the way down to the wire before losing two teams like the hot commodity right now that is Galaxy Racer or Endpoint. So I do think that they are starting to trend in a better direction, and I think a lot of it does have to do with mentality, but they do tend to play down to their competition. Um, and that's not to say that the 16 through 32 teams are bad by any means. It's just like Ram said, they do have a very weird play style. When you practice only against the very top, you set this precedent of how you're going to play or how to react to things. And these teams will come in way more aggressive and do for thing, do things that they sh never should because consequence-wise, it just is not something you will see at a high level because it's just too risky. It's, it's something that will never realistically happen on a main stage. So uh, some teams definitely struggle with that. They just can't get a read on it. And I do think there is some internal stuff that they're trying to figure out, like, what are the roles going to be? I really like seeing Farrah up on offense. It's been a fantastic addition. But Astral's biggest trait was not his capability as a solo player, but the ability to set up and confuse other players. When he was with Dignitas, it wasn't his solo plays that made him so threatening. It was the fact that he could take it off the wall, but still blast a shot cross field. And it was Yukio scoring. It was somebody else. He was able to dish the ball to somebody else and be that threat. And it just doesn't feel like he's that as threat he's that threat as much as he can be unless he's playing against the top teams like top blokes and they're in your top four. Cause then he plays up to that competition. So um, I don't know why they have such as contrast. Like it feels like they could just easily overwhelm some of these lower teams, but for some reason they like regress down to it. And I don't know why that is. Um, and again, like Graham said, if, if we did know, you know, I wish I had the golden ticket, but <laughs> That's something that I think they're going to have to work towards for for an extended period of time. It is not an easy answer to figure out mentality wise, or you know this this you know monkey on your back that is, hey, it's regionals again. Guys haven't performed in those, no pressure, but you kind of need to step up here. So um, I do think the the major being updated to a regional thing is a really good second chance because um, it's expanded how many teams are going to be competing in it. So oxygen still has a chance obviously they can do it in the grid and i just don't know if it's because the grid people take less seriously um grams i'm actually curious on your how do you guys view the grid is it just kind of like a glorified fancy scrim or is it i mean is it something that you guys you know give your all towards you put prep into how do you guys kind of approach it so at the beginning of the season we were very much like okay this grid let's try and win a grid let's try and like really try and push on so the mentality going into it is like a very serious one almost very similar to how we'd approach a regional um we obviously won one of the grids and that was an amazing feeling um but then we we kind of realized quite quickly that because the schedule is so hectic you can't have that uh, very intense mindset going into those tournaments as much especially when 
the actual uh, benefit of doing well in them unless you're consistently winning them and finishing first, guaranteeing your major spot. Uh, it's essentially seeding, and with the way Europe is right now, seeding isn't uh, so simple that if you have a really good seed, you're going to get a good matchup. So True. it's kind of a <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a situation where it's like we we're able to test out things, we're able to see how we match up against teams. Maybe we don't scrim against very often, or how we would play under pressure because there's still pressure, of course. Like it's not like a like you said a glorified scrim. It's not quite at that level, but it definitely doesn't have as much. Um, pressure as it does in uh the regionals for sure because it's interesting to me because we i've talked about because obviously we do the cj cj show on tuesday sometimes and obviously it, it stinks because we want e representation in the sense of like coach's perspective and you guys put a lot of emphasis on the field in europe as compared to scrims uh compared to na where scrims are everything they don't even bother playing in the field because they know an hour of practice against another top level team is going to be way more beneficial than having to sit around and maybe getting 3k at the end of the month if you perform the best you know for an unsigned team like i can understand any money is good the same thing with the grid i mean that's ten thousand dollars up for grabs even though regionals winning that is 30 grand that's equivalent to three grids so i understand the emphasis of how important regionals is plus for majors you know going to the world championship ultimately but i guess as an overarching thing why is it that eu puts so much emphasis on the field when i personally believe that an hour scrim against another top team is going to outweigh the benefits 10 to 1 every single time. Um, so I think for the some of the topper, topper teams, that's not a way of talking. Uh, some teams. of the top teams, yeah, the toppest teams, the toppest of blokes. Um, some of the top teams... <laughs> or have, Brooks. Uh, <laughs> yeah, or Brooks indeed. Um, I think some of them, so like Vitality have been kind of notorious for not wanting to scrim a whole lot. Like not in a like a lazy way, but um they know that a minimal number of scrims is good for them whereas they now can be like okay well we don't even have to do a scrim we can just play a few fields here and there and we get like that competitive edge we're able to stay on top of what we know we're good at um and we'll get practice against some of the teams that we probably wouldn't have even organized a scrim with so that's kind of the balance there and obviously yeah there is still like uh money to play for but i i'm sure vitality aren't considering that as a just past 400k man i think he's doing yeah. just fine yeah, just <laughs> and that's fine, just in right? winnings that's not even salary so yeah, can, I, fine. can i ask about like i i think we've reached a point where i think this has been kind of an elephant in the room all season because we keep mentioning oh there's so many more games there's so many more games to watch etc for the audience but this also means there's many more games to play for the players right how much are you thinking about rams just the managing the workload of your players and how to place importance on certain matchups versus making sure that they don't burn out. Like how much of this are you thinking about in RLCSX? Uh, quite a lot. That's kind of the reason why I was saying like sometimes we don't take the grid with that much intensity. Uh, even this week we finished the regional obviously after a hectic week and I just said to them that we can have a look over the replays and everything like that, but I want to give us like a two to three at least day break before we even start to look at Rocket League in a, a very serious way again, since we have a little bit of a break until the major. Uh, and it's important because like, so for Flame and Cassio, maybe they don't have as many commitments outside of Rocket League as, for example, Archie does. Um, but Archie goes to school at the moment because he's only 15 years old. So that's something to really consider. You can't expect him to put in the hours that you would do with a full-time job as well as going to school. He will just burn out. And the thing you need to have is someone being fresh. Like the there was a grid a couple of weeks back. We ended up going to the grand finals and we lost in game seven, zero seconds to BDS. Um, I'm <sighs> definitely not. Good series. Great series, that, but. That was actually painful to say. Like I felt that one. But um. Uh... <laughs> The whole premise of us playing that grid was we were literally going in with the most chilled mindset we possibly could. We just get, we went in, we barely comms very well. Like it was very chilled out. It was like, oh, I'll go. Massive silence. Oh yeah, you go. Oh, nice. Good girl. Like it was really chill like that. And it was the best environment we've had in a while. And as a result, I mean, we kind of overperformed to what we expected. We were like going into, oh, if we make top eight, that's kind of cool. And we ended up getting to the grand finals and almost winning against BDS who are our kind of nemesis of who we haven't been able to quite conquer so it, it's really cool like that um and yeah burnout's a massive thing to consider especially it's such a long season and there's so many events so many matches to play it's it's a really important thing to consider as a coach so i guess follow up for that then last last thing i have about this 
talking about burnout it's a long season how do you feel knowing that like we're approaching finally the third of the season done like you still got two more times of this to go through it's a lot yeah it is a lot and <laughs> it's like good point good point preparing every week and thinking it, it's almost like um we had it in the very first regional after we played against magnifico we had this peak of adrenaline right and we was like feeling amazing but then there was like a tiny break and then as we go into the bds series it's like oh we have to get back up there again and it's like it almost feels like an unclimbable like uphill struggle um and i think you kind of get that sometimes like we finished um three and oh on friday one of the days of the regional everything's kind of blending to one yeah, but yeah. We, we finished on b and then we was on a massive high and then it was always like oh right we have to go again like we, we have top eight coming up we have to go again and it's like sometimes it's hard to build that up if you don't have a lot of time in between like to kind of refresh and take it as a, a brand new thing so yeah it's definitely something to that can be a detriment at times so let's, yeah, no, this is this is why we love having coaches like yourself, uh, Rams, on the show, uh, so that we and chat can ask questions, maybe something a little bit more substantial than what NFL team you support. Maybe chat, you guys can step up and ask some good questions. I'm just saying, I don't know. I'm just kidding. Please, please continue to uh, add your questions into chat, and I will continue to monitor them. Let's talk about the regional real quick here. Uh, obviously, uh, not the result that you were hoping for rams uh getting to the quarterfinals still pretty good uh defeat barcelona on the way great uh, uh stage one and stage two went a perfect six and oh uh, until the playoffs uh renault vitality end up winning the uh final they look great uh they've had some great results lawler uh why don't we start yeah. with uh lawler why don't we just do a twenty thousand foot view of the regional three what impressed you what surprised you uh what what is your overall takeaway of of, of the third regional yeah, so the, the biggest one here is obviously there's some new faces in that top eight, uh, primarily being Endpoint as of late and Galaxy Racer, previously Monkeys. Uh, Monkeys, I think, is a team that's trending in a really good direction. Uh, they've shown that they compete against the very top. They've gone the distance. They've beaten teams with the likes of Oxygen, BDS, Vitality. Like, they can compete. It's just a matter of what version of them shows up. Uh, Matane, I think, is highly underrated. Uh, and what he does, Ixo, when he pops off, is very similar to, I think, what Archie does for top blokes um, in the sense of the way that he's able to carry through and bring them to that next level that just makes it so much easier for everybody else on his team. Um, I think Endpoint, I want to get insight specifically from Rams on this one about what they did that that caused that difficulty because they made it all the way to the finals. I think that was a big one. Um, Guild versus Vitality, I didn't even watch because I assumed the outcome on that one and was right in my assumptions. So. Vitality, of course, is really good. I always look forward to, at some point, probably BDS and Vitality or some sort of combination of that running into each other, and they always give us a pretty good series. But uh, they seem to alternate wins. But overall, uh, a lot of expectations. Um, but the big one, obviously, everybody's talking about is there's no Giants in that top eight, and it is due to Tox getting a 72-hour ban due to profanity and Psyonix committing to that. So they played with a sub and Wolf who... Didn't necessarily play poorly. Like, I don't think Wolf was just, like, absolutely terrible. It's just, you could tell, like, being thrown into the deep end on that one with, you know, hey, you're a little bit out of position here. You're a little bit sluggish to this. And it's just, it is overwhelming, I can imagine, for players when it's their first time. I'm sure Emery would, I would love to talk to Emery about his experience, too, coming in for the first time and what it was like for him. But that's, like, Red Regionals is a whole different beast. So, uh, I guess, ultimately, I'm going to hand it over to Rams about, you know, what was it about Endpoint that they were doing so well? Um. So at point, they, they were playing really well. One of the things that I really thought was Metsonoris was playing at a level that he hasn't really been consistently playing at throughout the season. Um, and as a result, it kind of elevated the team massively. Um, I think Wave's always very consistent for them, and Vert, it's consistently doing what Vert does. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it kind of it kind of takes uh, Meta to kind of step up to really elevate that team, like he did in, um, I believe it was Spring Series, that they yeah. had the, the nice run. They had, that, they had that first like breakout, and where he's like, well, yeah. who is his team? Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, so like with that Spring Series run, you could almost look at, oh, maybe there was a honeymoon period, because as a result, they haven't done it again but now they've shown that they can do it again maybe they'll kick on now but i think for our series in particular um despite me saying this i think a lot of that came to us losing more than endpoint winning in a way uh like the goals that we conceded were majority kickoff goals and open nets that we'd overcommitted for and it's kind of like uh without me trying to like down on what endpoint did it's incredible but like like i said it felt like we'd lost to ourselves all of our reaction after that was like mm. we probably shouldn't have lost that and then what I think happened from that is Endpoint 
gain the momentum. Oh, we just beat top blokes. We we just got reversed up by them earlier this week. Oh, we might actually be able to push. We're already in the semifinals. Let's do it. And they get that momentum. And obviously Meta was playing well and everyone just gets elevated from that and they're able to keep pushing on further. So I think in our series, it was less so uh, Endpoint were incredible. But afterwards, I think they really took advantage of the momentum they built from our series. There's a question in chat from BT Kirk 22 Were you involved with bringing in Archie to your team, or was this Flame and Cassio's decision? Uh, you guys all joined around the same time, right? So how did that, how did that happen? So I was on Triple Trouble uh, before I joined Buffalochi or Top Blokes, as it is now. And um, we had, well, Rick's Ronde left the team. So we were looking at options there. And the Clappers obviously looked incredible. And we were considering, you know, the Jorias and Archie was also another name that kind of popped up there. So we had considered them while I was on Triple Trouble. And that was about a week before I left for Veloce. So when I spoke to Flame about it and I was like, oh, here's some names uh, that I'd suggest. Archie was one of those names. And we got a tryout with him. And I knew kind of what to expect going in with it. I think Flame kind of knew a little bit as well, but not necessarily like in a, a scrim environment. And it kind of just like clicked instantly, almost. It was very much like a, oh, Archie's really good. Like he's really, really he's good. Insane. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's <laughs> no simple way of saying it. Archie is disgusting. He's so I, good. He's surprisingly like the finished product for a 15 year old. You kind of expect he'd be very raw. Had a lot of kind of. Wow habits that he's developed but he's incredibly mature for a 15 year old and he settled in to be able to play at rlcs level like matches pretty damn quickly and uh, as a result like it, it made us hit the ground running uh, and while we had a few shaky results at the beginning we kept kept improving uh, as a result talent wise where would you say he ranks in players that you've coached in rocket league players that i've coached talent wise so I mean, I, I was coaching Cook Zero at one point. I feel like that's a really tough one for me. Because um, I kind of put he's, him he's, spot on that one. Yeah, he's definitely up there. He's definitely, definitely up there. Um, because I have no idea the sort of level he can really reach yet. That's mm. the crazy thing. This is like scary to think six, about. six months into him being a Rocket League pro. That's what it's like right now. So um, I think the level that Cooks has been at before is probably higher than what Archie is at right now like relative to the scene, obviously. But I think Archie has the potential to overtake that sort of level. And, and Lola, you can back me up on this one, but Cooks here was dominant back in the day. Like season two Cooks, no one, season three Cooks. No one. No one, gets no one came that. close. Like the guy's called a savant for a reason. Mm. Like Cooks is just, he's a special being. He's not even a person at this point. Like there is, <laughs> Cooks is a very Fair special enough. one. So Archie obviously caught my eye with the Clappers when they came in because I, I have always had a special feeling for players that play that methodical support. They just, they have that it factor about understanding when to approach the game. Like, yes, I need to buy time here. I'm not going to just throw it away. I'm going to hold on to it. I'm going to force 50 or I'm going to go into the corner and rather than throwing it midfield for nobody, I'm going to sit and buy that time and then let the play develop. Like, he's just one of those players that gets it. Those are the things that you can't inherently teach. It is something that you just have to have with a feeling. And the fact that he is jumping into the highest level of gameplay, like you said, only six months in to being a pro, essentially, and he just has it. And now it's just going to develop more and more with better experience and more looks at the high level and different team play styles. He is a very special talent. Um, and that goes and carries over to what his teammates enable him to do. I know you guys obviously hang out in my chat quite a bit, and I'm, I'm very lucky that I've gotten to, you know, kind of talk in, in detail with, you know, Casio and, and Flame about their approach to the game and the fact that Casio, you know, actively takes a step back so he can enable his teammates to be better. And even though he wants to be a striker and has been in the past, he's not afraid to be the one to dish it up or kind of take that back seat and not get all the credit that we know he can earn. So I do like what the team has done as a collective, but obviously Archie is going to get a lot of the credit. It's the same thing Mist has been known for. Mist obviously was this phenomenal third man role way back, but he transitioned because he knew to increase his own personal value he needs to be the high flashy because that's what gets the notoriety. So what he's done now on Envy is a very similar situation, and I see really good parallels between the two, even though they both approach the game in a very different way. So it is really exciting watching both these talents, even though cross regions um, kind of have similar storylines and the approach to their game and what they're making the name for themselves. But yeah, Archie's a special one, man. He was easily my favorite on that Clappers roster. So good. So good.
High ceiling. Very high ceiling. Dude, it's just very, very. Sky's He's the just getting started. Let's take a look at the top 10. Uh, get to our power rankings here. <laughs> Rams put together Good a luck, top man. 10. Uh, I, I'm sure you enjoyed putting this together very much. And uh, so, Lawler, what we'll do is we're going to hear Rams' top 10, and then we will we'll comment afterwards. Uh, chat, you can feel free to comment throughout. So what we're going to do is we're going to show you 6 to 10, and then we're going to go individually from 5 to 1. So the bottom half of your list, Rams, in your EU Rocket League power rankings who did you place where and why? Wait, you want him to do six to ten, right? That's yep. right. Sorry. All right. So you have your list ten. in front of you. I do. I do. I okay, have my good. list in front of me. Just otherwise, checking. this would be pretty impressive. Otherwise, um, I, I literally thought you were going to ask me. Can you tell me where I put sixth again? <laughs> <laughs> so for my tenth spot, I had a kind of toss up between Dignitas and Solary. Uh, my logic behind that was. Dignitas have just started showing what they should be. Uh, I think if Dignitas keep on this trend, they'll be higher than this. Um, but I think Solary have shown it more consistently leading up to this regional, so it was kind of hard to pick between them two as 10th. Um, yeah, cool. Uh, keep going. Go, go all the way to 6th. Yeah, okay, 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 they, okay, okay. they can see your 10 through 6, so you can even just comment on a couple if right. you want. All right, cool. Galaxy Racer, I think, have just started to start pushing themselves into this top 10 spot. It's very unknown whether it's like a honeymoon period like we've seen with endpoint in the past in spring series for example um so i was hesitant to put them too high obviously they made top eight uh, unfortunately losing to Barcelona in the first round but they definitely showed promise that they can get even better so i put them as ninth i thought that's a quite comfortable one i put oxygen as eighth whereas they haven't quite shown that in regionals yet but i know from playing them with top blokes uh, in the grids and in scrims and that sort of thing they are definitely a top 10 team, and on their day, they are in that top 5 category in my head. It's just they can't get over that hurdle, which is kind of stopping them from showing that. Um, Endpoint of 7th, so I actually made this list before the playoffs as well. That being said, I think the only thing I would change is I'd potentially swap between Barcelona and Endpoint, um, just based on current form. But I think between both of those, it's kind of hit and miss all the time. Neither of them are so consistently like at that level. Um, that it could constantly switch between them. I think it can really switch between any of those 10 to 6 spots realistically. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. I think 5, 6, and 7 are interchangeable ones, even, depending on who shows up on the day. I think 5 is going to be grid for both of us. Or, or guild, not grid. Um, but yeah, Barcelona and, and guild have been bouncing back and forth between 5, 6 for me for a few weeks now. Um, Oxygen, I'm, I'm happy you have where you do. Um, I put Oxygen as 10 last week. Because I'm like, okay, they've done well in the grid again. We have to give them the credit. It's been two weeks without a without a regional. Can they at least get top 16? Can you show me that you are going to perform in some capacity? Because if you don't, you're getting nixed again. And I think you and I both kind of treat number 10 as the same. It's You're that gatekeeping team. You're the first to get removed, but you also have shown promise. So I do really like the note with Dignitas and Solar. I think that's a perfect fit for them. Uh, I just need to see it more consistently from Dignitas. Galaxy, I think you might possibly be able to move up a bit if you're talking about recency bias because they have now for three weeks shown they are top eight grid every single time and they also do top eight in regionals too. So um, I could slightly put them above Oxygen even though I know Oxygen's high level is way up there. But um, overall, that list, super clean. Hard to argue. There you go. Where everyone agrees and everyone is happy. Now we'll see if everyone agrees with your top five. Who's at number five? Number five, I have guilt. Um, kind of on the premise, I agree with what Lo was saying. Like they can interchange between the uh, uh, endpoint and Barcelona kind of place. Um, guilt have been kind of surprisingly consistently getting to that top eight spot. Which, like that's that's the way I can describe it. It's like, oh, what, how did they make top eight again? They didn't look good at all. But they've they've they scraped through and done it. Um, granted, one of the regionals they did look really good, but they've been so up and down. And I think the thing that Guild have really uh, had a negative impact from is the kind of constant schedule. Because you have a bad result, and then you have to play the grids like five days later. You're going to feel that effect, and especially like we've seen uh, the controversies of Scrub being Lola's best teammate in comms. Like you have situations where uh, <laughs> just let it go, bro. Just let it go. <laughs> no, it's, it's it's great, but um, like you'll see situations where like they had a period where they just had poor results in the grid, for example. But then when it comes to regionals, they start having good results again. So they have surprisingly been consistent in getting up there compared to some of the other teams. But 
yeah, they're, they're definitely interchangeable between the six and seven spot for me. You actually have a tie at number four. I, I need to hear this rationale on the teams you picked and also why they're tied. Right, so the two teams are top blokes or top brokes, as you like to call them, or Vodafone Giants. So I was inclined to kind of put us at third and Vodafone Giants at fourth. I think there's a quite a clear top four in Europe right now. Um, and I think both of our teams qualify for that. Uh, the only reason I couldn't put us above Vodafone Giants comfortably is because with the talk situation, they weren't really able to prove where they would have come this regional, whereas this regional is kind of what separates us. Um, and so as a result, it's kind of like, it feels like a cheap way of us overtaking them. So I'm not comfortable saying we are comfortably better than them. So I, I think we're pretty much like neck and neck in that regard. Yeah, I think, I, think, I think it's spot on. I think we mm -hmm. definitely finally have a solidified top four in you, which makes things way easier for doing these rankings. Um, and they do interchange. I think like BDS and Vitality will bump spots every once in a while based on results. Uh, same thing with Vodafone Giants and Top Looks. Who has the better hand this week? That's who gets bumped up or bumped down. So I do like the tie for third, fourth, because it makes sense. Like It still shows respect. I think Vodafone Giants was almost a shoe-in for top eight. I think they would have bumped out a team possibly like Endpoint or others that we've seen them do in the past, Dignitas. Um, so that spot being opened up, I don't think we get to see. You have to give that assumption where Vodafone Giants has finished like top three, top four in every single week, whether it be regionals or in grid. They're a very talented team. And when you get rid of one of their star players that makes that whole thing gel, mm. uh, it's kind of a, a wash. You can't really take it into account. Same thing as like top looks, you're not playing with Archie. I'm not going to count that against you guys for the grid. It's the exact same thing. So obviously different circumstances on how they got there, but no, right on the money. So everyone knows who the top two teams are in EU. It's no surprise. They are habitually there week after week, particularly on this show or anybody that does a ranking like this. Now we're going to find out whether Vitality's victory in the third regional was enough to bump them up into that number one spot. The other team, BDS, did win the grid. So, Rams, as a result of these placements this past week, who do you have at one and two? So I still have BDS as the best team in Europe, uh, and I have Vitality a very close second. I think having one bad series, so to speak, that BDS had against Vitality isn't enough for me to say Vitality have just overtaken BDS as the reigning European best team. Uh, BDS have been incredibly consistent and, you know, it could even be a potential thing of like a little bit of burnout or maybe you feel kind of numb to playing at such a high pressure environment that they weren't able to have be in as intense as maybe Vitality who are really trying to get their first result. So like there's a, a bunch of situations where like I don't necessarily think that Vitality were better than BDS even through this regional, but as a result, they were able to get the result. Uh, that being said, I think Vitality played incredibly, and Vitality will always be a team that, like, if I did put them as first, I don't think anyone could really bat an eyelid, and it would be kind of, yeah, fair enough, but uh, I think BDS is still the strongest team in Europe right now. So BDS absolutely destroyed the grid this week, particularly in the playoffs. They swept every series, Vitality, Giants Gaming, Guild Esports, 4-0 sweeps, right? But then, of course, we talk about the discrepancy between the grid and the regional and how much more valuable the regional is. Vitality do defeat Team BDS en route to winning the regional. So my question in all this is, how much of a gap is there in your power ranking between one and two? I think there is a gap. Um, that's why I didn't want to cop out and put them joint first or joint second. But... Um... It's getting closer. I think Vitality is starting to show the levels that everyone kind of anticipated. Uh, pretty much every team that's scrimmed or played against Vitality in the past has been like, well, that's the best team in the world. And it's all of a sudden BDS have kind of come out and just dominated. And it's kind of thrown everyone back. And they've even like dominated Vitality to an extent. So I think Vitality are starting to build back towards it. So I think from the beginning of the season, there was a bigger gap between BDS and Vitality. But I think it's getting closer and closer. It kind of, it's going to require at some point for BDS to take another step and get even better because I think Vitality at their peak should be better than BDS at their peak. Um, so BDS are going to have to find another level if they're going to stay on top and still be dominant. Yeah, Waller, I think, one and two. 
Yeah, um, because the regionals to me weigh more heavily, um, I do want to put Vitality as one, but I do understand with Ram's arguments. I think you could put, a, a honestly, a tie if you wanted to split hairs. They both interchange. They both split series. One takes one win, one takes the other. I guess it depends on which path you want to take with it, what you weight heavier, what's more recent. Uh, regionals, obviously, is the one people put more weight into. They also win the head-to-head in that, and then they also win the entire thing. Uh, but then you look at grid contrast, and it's like, okay, BDS smacked them. And I don't know how you want to approach it, because I don't have the expectation that Alpha is going to play the way he did this weekend every single week. So do you take that into account? How do you want to approach it? I think just due to objective results, you have to, for me personally, give Vitality probably number one. But BDS, I think, consistently has shown that they can step up. Um, I think Vitality at their peak and BDS at their peak, Vitality is probably the better team. But we're seeing BDS's consistency at that high level more realistically on a on a day-to-day basis. Because they are playing so many matches, I think both these teams, the fact that they are consistently either winning it or beating each other to get there, I think is uh, pretty common. But um, I think just because of regionals and the results, I would probably put Vitality at one. But Ram makes, a, obviously, a really good argument for, for BDS. I, I do think you could split hairs and put them both tied for first second if you really wanted mm-hmm. to. But... Um, just because of regional weight, I'll, pro- I'll probably put Vitality when BDS too myself. Speaking of ties, Hair Guy makes a very good point in chat. Rams, uh, you're the only one so far that has put 11 teams in your top 10. So congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. I'm all about uh, pushing the boundaries and you know making the best of uh, a situation <laughs> I've got. <laughs> well done. Uh, speaking of power rankings, it is now time for Lawler to give us his NA power rankings. Uh, you don't have to wait for me, man. Just go five to one. You made a top five for us. Yeah. Uh, just explain it from bottom to top. I'm not going to really waste your guys' time on NA. I think it's more the same. The same results happen every single time. You get some anomalies here and there, but you usually find Energy, G2, Envy, and Space Station in the top four in some sort of the semifinals, and then you get a couple here and there that sprinkle in. Kansas City Pioneers, Peeps. Uh, and it mixes up from there. Uh, at number five, I still think there could be arguments for Kansas City Pioneers possibly moving up. Same thing with Peeps, but I have Peeps at five right now. Um, there could be arguments for them at fourth based upon their results, but they still struggle getting the wins against the guys that are at the very top. I'm talking your energies, your G2s, mm-hmm. your envies. They're competitive, um, but they still tend to struggle against that top tier. Um, I do think you could almost put them tied for fourth based upon Space Station's results as of late. Um, but the difficulty comes from Space Station, who I have at fourth, with being a team that has shown they're super competitive. They, Because they were at the top for so long, it is very difficult to remain at the top. While everybody's trying to devise plans on how to beat and counteract your playstyle, you're trying to find ways to stay fresh and, and remain there, which is very difficult to do. So Space Station, I don't think, has lived up to their potential in the past probably week and a half. But they were able to show that in the past two weeks that they are able to bounce back and still get semifinals and, and decent results. Uh, at three for Envy is who I have. I love just watching their matchup against G2. Um, it is pretty much glass cannon versus defense, and it's amazing every single time. Uh, Envy's defense, I think, is one of the most underrated things in North America right now because it is just that good. Um, and it just depends on how well Atomic and uh, Mist are going to show up on offense. And then Turbo, when he sprinkles in his offense as well, makes them super lethal. But Envy is a team that either makes it to the semifinal grand final or they lose to the winner. That's essentially how their plays go. So uh, you look at the results, whether it be in grid or otherwise, they are either going to the grand final and losing to the, the top dogs or they lose in the quarterfinals to that same team. So um, they consistently show that they're a top. Uh, G2 gave us a bit of a peak. Their results are either first in the grid or second in the grid or third in regionals or their results across the board have been top three placements for the past like month, essentially. Uh, G2 is looking very, very solid and they're only getting beat out right now by the number one team is Energy. Uh, Energy not only wins regionals, but they show they can also win in a grid. And if they're not winning in the grid, they're taking second to G2. So you're talking their results for the past week are second, second, first, and first. Like... They have really figured out what they want Squishy to be on that team. I didn't have any questions about Garrett and Justin. It just felt like things were a little bit off because Squishy was trying to find his place. 
They put him on defense the majority of the time. He saves pretty much everything, but now he's taking those saves and tra transitioning it onto offense with whether it be an air dribble, a bump and demo play after he lands. And then you have Garrett and Jocelyn that just sit there and survey and wait for their moment. And Garrett's either blasting a shot off the sidewall into the back of the net, which is nothing really crazy, but it's just without much power in that placement, you can't really stop it. And then if that doesn't work, Justin's going to be in your face to put a perfect shot on target. We saw examples of that in regionals where he looked absolutely lethal. There was nothing you could do about it. And now that every single player is just kind of in form, I need to see if they can continue to play at that high level. I do think Energy is playing like the best team in North America right now. Um, but I need to make sure that they can recreate such a high level performance with everybody getting involved to the ability that they did. Um, but results speak for themselves. They're playing great. Special shouts, though, to, to Kansas City Pioneers. I love what they've been doing lately. The fact that they make it to a grand final, I don't think is something that you can, can ignore. Uh, but the path on the way there, I think, was a little bit easier. Um, I mean, you're talking on the bottom half, you had, like, G2, Space Station, like, mm -hmm. everybody. And then on the top half, it was, like, Alpine. And I forget the other one off the top of my head. But it was definitely a little bit of an easier path for some of the teams. So um i do say top eight there is no easy games but when you look at strength of schedule when top four from everybody is on that other side uh kind of cutthroat kind of kind of spoopy uh these guys are gonna be knocking each other out and the other side is probably happy about it so um i don't see much change happening right now in north america for my top five but there could be arguments for like four five six that is also the unforgiving nature of no losers bracket Right. Yeah. You have it's it's fun to watch as an audience member, but I'm sure it's very stressful. Would you rather it be a loser's bracket, Rams? Um yes and no. Uh I think it's nice if you do end up with a bracket where one side has BDS and vitality and you're on the other side, you're like, Oh that's <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. Although I would say if we had a if we had a loser's match, I think we would have bounced back and played a lot better. I think we would have fixed, you know, the issues we had against Zenpoint and I think we would have made a deeper run. Mm -hmm. But um no, I kind of like it having it so on edge. Like, kind of, you have to perform right now, otherwise you're going home. Sort of mentality. How do you how do you feel about quarterfinals for regionals only being a best of five? Um, because they're long days. Like, I get yeah. it. Yeah, I think all of my players love best of sevens more. It's it's a lot more forgiving. You can like we started slowly against endpoint, and all of a sudden if you lose game one, game two. You're, you're a match point now. That's like very dangerous. But if you go 2-0 down in a best of seven, you have a little bit of uh, wiggle room kind of, and you can take the matches a little bit less uh, do or die and a little bit more, okay, let's figure things out and get things going again. So I would say best of sevens are more favorable, especially if it is a quarterfinal. Like it's still a very, very important series. Mm -hmm. um, but I can see like it does get very tiring. Like when we got to the grand finals against BDS, we were exhausted. So I can see both arguments there. So we need to wrap things up here on the show, but before we go, and we will be showing you the top 10, that's how we're going to end the show here if you're watching live. Uh, Rams, first of all, thank you so much for joining us. Please come back. Uh, open invitation to come back on the show, and please do. Um, it's been a pleasure. I would, really love to I would love to ask you before you go, though. Uh, obviously, the European major is coming up. Uh, in the middle of the month. So just whatever you can tell us, just take us through what preparation is like. How are you approaching this as much as you're willing to tell us while still keeping your secrets? Of course, how is preparation going? Uh, so like I said, we're on a little bit of a break now. I think that's the first step in our preparation. Honestly, I think it's a really good thing so we can come back fresh. No one's going to take a loss, uh, especially a bad loss like we had uh, very well. And if you have to try and play straight away, it's not going to be the greatest. You're not going to have the greatest mindset. So, a break is going to be good for us, and then we're going to come back, kind of look at that series, kind of feel that pain again, and then go back in the week after and, you know, really focus in on scrims. Uh, luckily, now we know exactly what teams we're going to be looking at. Um, so I can go and look at, you know, the, the 16 teams that are available and think, okay, cool. I have, there's Barrage in there. There's this team in there. There's this team in there. And no, okay. Uh, one of the things we actually spoke about is having a specific, essentially a Google Doc that has each team one for each team and just have the notes of how we we how we felt playing against them, things that worked against them, things that didn't work against them, things we did badly against certain teams. And that way, instead of going into a series, especially because there's a lot of best of fives and going, oh, what do we have to do? Let's figure out in one game. Now we can just go and, oh, yeah, this is exactly what we have in mind. Let's go and do it. Um, so that's a massive benefit, especially because we know the 16 teams and it's not going to be extremely random. Uh, 
uh, we roughly know what seed we're going to be. We roughly know like who we should sort of match up against early in the in the major. And then other than that, um, if I'm being honest, one of the things we want to sort out is the orc situation. I think that's something that's an extra pressure every single time we play because if we are a consistently top four team and we start bombing out, then there's question marks. Are, are they actually a consistent top four team or did they have two good results or did they have three good results? And so I'd like to just find a home for my team, especially Archie while he's at school is like another thing that he has to worry about. I want him to have like, okay, I have school and then I'm going to play some Rocket League. I, I want him to have that simplistic kind of relaxed view on how we're meant to be uh, preparing. But that's the next thing I really want to fix. Hopefully it will be top soon to be not so brooks <laughs> and we'll leave it at that and hopefully we'll look for an announcement lawler uh you are constantly busy creating content youtube twitch constantly streaming also with v1 uh where can people what, what what is next for you uh some things i can't talk about due to nda uh wow look at you secrets s-e-e-k-r-i-t-z okay yeah there's some there's some fun stuff coming up um things that i'm excited to announce wait you uh, signed top blokes yeah, it's I've, it's Lawler Esports. Sorry, boys. Oh, good, good. Okay, got yeah. it. Very good. Yeah, I, that would never be the name. Breaking news. Terrible. Um, <laughs> Lawler Esports. Yeah, that'd be terrible. Um, the logo's yeah. just your face on the jersey. Yeah, <laughs> just like me with finger guns. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, the salaries have got to be really good if they're gonna sign that yeah, contract. Yeah, I was gonna so, say, what are you paying? Yeah, yeah, oh man. Yeah, anyway. what am I paying? Too much. That's what. No. Um, yeah, I've got some cool projects that I'm working on. Um, obviously, you guys know me. Always trying to stay busy and work on new stuff and find unique ways to approach uh kind of want to tease um i think we all miss lan a lot like a lot a lot so gonna be trying to work on a new video series about ways to reminisce and talk about the moments and the feelings and the the exciting things about lan and and bringing in some special guests to kind of deep dive on the on those feelings and those moments so um that's gonna be a cool side project that we're working on um yeah a lot of, a lot of things i just can't talk about things that i'm excited to be in partnership with too to not only for this community, but also myself personally. So um, that's not probably the answer you guys want, but uh, it's unfortunately the one I have to give due to legal reasons. So. I'm, I'm fine <laughs> with your secrets because I love to hear that you're busy. You know, I love to work with you. So yep. the more I can, the better. So you're always on the show anyway. Yeah, so I, I don't it. need to tell you that your open door policy. Uh, we will end the show on the top 10 plays of the week. Feel free to continue to give us feedback on the show, whether it's on Reddit or on Twitter at ESPN underscore esports. We read everything and we make sure to make this as accessible and as enjoyable to you, the Rocket League community. If you only have an hour or so to digest everything that happened in the past week, we hope that you consider this to be one of the uh, choices that you make in terms of watching anything Rocket League uh, commentary and content.